Frank Caliendo, welcome back to the program. How are you, buddy? Good, man. It's uh, you know, it's funny when I hear some of that stuff. All I can do is critique everything I do. I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, that could have been better. That could have been better. <laughs> what didn't you like? Uh, the Morgan Freeman actually um, was. It kept it kept going in and out a little bit to me. I like it when it stays in this situation right here. <laughs> a little bit deeper. Uh, the whole time you were doing it, I'm sitting here going, it's amazing knowing, right. knowing what you look like to hear this come out of your mouth, and you didn't like it. I think it's like your hair. You think your hair looks different every day. Everybody's like, yeah, same, same, same thing, exact yeah. hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, the, for me, it's a lot of times, like, I laugh at timing. I don't even laugh at a lot of jokes anymore. Not even, I'm not talking about myself. Uh, I mean, when I listen to somebody else... It's the timing on something. And what I did the giggle a little bit at myself, there was the Gruden, just like, P-E-Ds. Yeah. Because he just does that. Like, he just shouts things out in the middle of nowhere. And my Chris Berman is becoming less and less a character and more just sound effects now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where it's just, he's speaking in Morse code. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're talking to Frank Galliano. Frank is coming here to Ruth Eckert Hall on April 16th to bring his show over here. What At this point, what do you work on? Are you working on a new people? Yeah, all the time. I mean, for me, the thing is during football season, and I've gotten myself into this, I don't know if it's a niche or if it's a corner I've backed myself into or what, Um of the sports guys. So every football season I have to work on now, especially ESPN guys, because if I do the same stuff, it's boring. What I try to do is have something mixed, uh, something that I've done, like a Gruden or something mixed in with something new. Um, and this last year I, I got the Ryan brothers and um, uh, Bill Parcells and a couple others that – that worked out pretty well. Give me, uh, give me. I didn't hear. I didn't hear Parcells. Parcells is all. It's. I. I. I, I try and do it early. Um, but he says okay after everything. <laughs> it's funny. He's like, you know, these guys who are playing at a level, okay. It's just <laughs> okay. I, you have to understand that if when you're playing at that level, okay, it's all gonna be okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. It, it was that was one of those that I just got like at the last second while we we're shooting. I think I've told you about that before. Like Ron Jaworski was one that I didn't have it, and then I was just uh, as I was rehearsing on camera, there were just letting, um, words that hit and sounds that hit, and I think it was the the letter or saying the word two, and uh, I kept saying I watched a hundred and ninety two hours, and I just was like I watched a hundred and ninety two hours. <laughs> Videotape, and that's where I truly believe. <laughs> and then it just became, it just came from there, and all of a sudden I, I found it. And you know, the take on Jaws, Roger Worski, is that he watches more videotape than humanly possible. Right, right, right. You know, I watched 192 hours of videotape this morning. How can you do that? That's this morning. There's only 12 hours before noon. How did you do that, Jaws? <laughs> I broke the space-time continuum. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if I had the ability to do Gruden or Madden or, like, as well as you do it, I would, I would be torturing them in life. Like, oh, yeah. I would call around in Tampa as Gruden 
and just demand things. I'm going to need 147 seats for your business tonight. Yeah, just anything like that. Hey, Carabas, I'm, <laughs> I want to start making ravioli now. Something, and I would just have the town fired up. In a week, everybody would be talking about John Gruden. You guys had my credit card on file, right, man? Yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, you know, here's the thing, uh, and because I've, I've become... Pr- I don't know if I'm going to call myself friends with Gruden, but uh, pretty good acquaintances. Right. Um, he's been great to me. And it's like they'll, they'll call me and be like, hey, can you uh, come and do this with John or come do Monday Night Football with John? Uh, he had me in the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, that's, it's almost sometimes I wonder if it's keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, <laughs> which I think is a smart thing. But I think John really gets it now and sees how well it works and. Uh, I don't know how much at the beginning he's, he could be listening right now. He's, but he's uh, probably he's not. Great. He, no, Pro. no. I I told him I was calling. Uh, he, no, uh, he <laughs> <laughs> of course not. You guys are just kind of acquaintances. No acquaintances. Uh, I'm too scared. I have his cell phone number because he texted me a picture, and I'm way too scared. I call somebody. I text somebody else to tell him to tell stuff. I'm like, I don't want to bother him. What the hell is that? That me or you? Do you do you not realize that you are famous too, and famous people are allowed to text each other? Yeah, I mean he's just scary. Yeah, oh that I, that <laughs> it's I not a matter of fame; it's a matter of fear. Yeah, he's just. I mean, he's not even that big. I mean, he's he's under six feet tall. I'm short. I'm like five six, five seven, and uh, I'm and I'm you know uh, I'm exaggerating on the five seven. <laughs> He's, I don't know, he's not that much taller than me, but I feel like a tiny little... Remember when Fred Flintstone would shrink in the cartoon? Yes. He said something stupid and yes. he a tiny little man in a chair? That's how I feel around John Gruden. Don't so. you also feel like uh, Gruden is the is the mean white kid from every high school movie? Like, he's the, the not so much the bully, <laughs> but like the cool jock who steals your girl and eats your lunch and calls you fat. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. I'll tell you what, Frankie. Come on, you're not going to be eating today. Give me that lunch money, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I do a joke in my act about that, like that look on his face, the Chucky look. He's got kids reading to his kids, uh, you you know, when they're little at bedtime. I'll tell you what, man. I would not want to be Goldilocks when those three bears return. (laughs) Have a good night, buddy. (laughs) I I think I told you this one time when you called before that I saw him... uh, interact with his kids one time and I don't know my my parents were divorced since I was like four years old so I don't know I, I'm and I'm like a complete pussy when it comes to like my son I don't know what it would have been like to grow up with a dad like that I mean he's probably a great father but the first time I met him oh first time I met his kids his son had to be like five years old and he goes come here kid you want to meet a cowhead and he introduced <laughs> me to him and then he and I go to shake the kid's hand. I got a big, massive mitt of a hand, and he's a little kid. And he, sh- I shake his hand, and Gruden yells at the kid. He goes, "Come on, get in there, grab his hand like a man." And I went, "Oh man, <laughs> this would this would make me pee the bed if he was my father." You know, and I, it's funny because I'm kind of like that with my son. My son is very timid. Uh, he's ten years old, but he will not look at people in the eyes. Yeah. So I'm like, look in the eyes, look at many eyes. What What do you think that comes from? That we're like, like my son's kind of shy like that too. But it's so weird because we're so outgoing, and that's all they know is you. You know that, that they should be just like you, and well, my son's the opposite. 
Yeah, were you like that when you were a kid? Because I was like a completely shy, Lego-playing, TV-watching fat kid. No, I was, the, I was the opposite. I thought that I was cool and I was in the middle of everything and wouldn't shut up. I love that you. I love that you said you thought you were. Oh, cool. I know. I know. Yeah. Especially now. I even knew then I wasn't cool, but I didn't care. I wanted to be in the middle of everything. I wanted to talk to adults. I wanted to do. I wanted to hang out and do stuff. I was complete opposite. Where my son actually dresses cool, and he's a good-looking kid, and he's got abs and all that. Thing, and he's still like. Super quiet. Mike has found out that he's not cool when he's telling us a story, and he goes, "So I was wearing a half shirt that had go for it' written on it." <laughs> that was, a and cool we're like, shirt. "Wait a second, what?" That was a cool shirt. What? <laughs> that is the only word you can say after hearing that <laughs> phraseology. Ah, uh, well, it gets better. Um, I had a half shirt because I had completed a couple of weeks of Weight Watchers when I was about ten, <laughs> and uh, after after accumulating points and losing a couple of pounds, I could wear a half shirt. And Rocky Three, go for it. With Mr. T was very famous. My shirt said, "Go for it" on it, and I. I pitied uh, a fool who wears a half shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I had that shirt now, I would wear it and take a picture of Mr. T. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely would. Oh my God, yeah. that's hideously awesome. Yeah, I can't. I didn't. I didn't expect you to say that you were like a shy Lego kid. Yeah, I totally. I mean, I totally was, and it's it's funny because my my. Uh, Relatives are all like, how do you do this now? You would always just sit in a corner. And I was like, I, I don't know. I, I'm still I'm still totally socially awkward. At a party, people, when they recognize me, will be like, what's wrong with you? Is something, are you hurt? <laughs> Why, you have a pain face? I know, I'm just quiet. I just, I just, I'm just not out, you know, doing voices. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because I'm not getting paid. Right, right, right. No, but I mean, it's one of those things where that's, I'm just not that person hanging around. When I'm, when I'm out and about, I, I and I try to blend in. I, I'm not one who tries to, I, I've always said, unless you're like Tom Cruise or and, uh, somebody like that, Oprah Winfrey, if you, the only way people recognize you immediately is if you want them to. If you kind of just blend in and you don't have an entourage around you, it's very, people are so busy with themselves, they're not really looking for you. You so. need an entourage to take you to the next level. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the one who's kind of, I don't, I don't even like that stuff. I, I just kind of like to, to blend in. Yeah, That's get in and out. Like, I, like, do you ever roll up to an Arby's? Like, I can't see you doing, like, average Joe things every day. Oh, yeah, like what? Like uh, just counting my gold? <laughs> no, like I saw Robin Zander from Cheap Trick at, uh, at Lowe's one time buying a hose, and I went, this is just the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, I saw John Voigt buying, uh, buying bedding one time in Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> that's uh, weird. In Hollywood. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing, and you want to bring up Angelina Jolie and stuff, and, you know, how's the relationship? And he just wants to get a comforter. <laughs> Don't you just assume there's a chick that buys him bedding? You would think, but he, I mean, he looked tough doing it, man. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I would not want to interrupt John Voigt while buying a comforter. <laughs> He's testing it out, rubbing it against his cheek, trying to find the softest <laughs> one. That'd be insane. Uh, we're talking to Frank Caliendo. Frank is going to be here at Ruth Deckard Hall on April 16th. Tickets are going very fast, so if you want to go, go to RuthDeckardHall.com to get the tickets. I know we've been giving some away. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some more uh, closer to showtime. What what day of the week is that? Do you even know? Uh, oh, it's a Thursday. Thursday. Are you going to get into town? Are you going to stop by? Yeah, I'm going to try. I think I should be able to. What are you? Are you super skinny now? Last time I talked to you, you were. Uh, you said you lost a bunch of weight. 
I'd lost uh, some, and uh, I gained probably about five pounds back, so now I'm trying to lose 10 to 15 more. What are you, do you exercising or just eating right? Uh, eating right, I've got a, I've got a Greek yogurt sitting in front of me right now, and, uh, and running. Running is the key. Once you, once you start going that way, although once I started running, it, like I was fat and injury-free, right. and now I'm like in pretty good shape, and things just crack all over my body, and it's... How? My knee feels like it's coming apart. How old of a man are you? I'm 41. Yeah, that's it, buddy. I'm, I remember the day that I turned 30, my knees cracked for the first time the next morning. I got out of bed and it was like my warranty expired. Click, click, click. And uh, and it just keeps getting worse and worse as you, every I, 10 I years. Always, I always didn't believe anybody saying that. And I was always totally against If somebody told me that, I'd be like, "That's you're ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. And I was... Determined that it was going to be mind over matter, yeah. and that my and that I, you can't beat it. No. It's just I turned forty, and three days later, it's like, I mean, I beat it for two days, and on the third day, it was like, <laughs> gotcha. <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, hopefully, we'll get to uh, hang out with you when you uh, when you come to town. Would love to. Yeah. yeah, I, I, you know what the other the other thing is, if you don't lose the weight, you just have to accept it. And I don't know. I have to see you, but I'm watching video of you right now. And you got that's old. That's video, old. Though, yeah. You have long hair and a, and a little bit of a round face. That's adorable, though. You, it's you know become like your look. I, see, here's the thing. I can't get rid of the round face. I'm. It's. I'm, it's thinner, but it's still. It's funny because people will be like, "You still kind of look like you." You know, some people like you see Bobcat Goldthwait now. Yeah. And you remember him from the Police Academy movies. You're like. I mean, you kind you don't even you wouldn't even recognize him really. Me for some reason or Jonah Hill, and you you're looking at him going mm, something's wrong. I actually look better, and it helps with the impressions. Yeah. So. Uh, it helps Jonah Hill too. I'll tell you, skinny Jonah Hill was going nowhere. That's why he's eating as fast as he can, <laughs> trying to fatten up again. Have you yeah. seen him? Yeah, yeah. He's he's heavier again, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he fell off the wagon. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's almost back to his fat weight. You know how like skinny yeah. people are like, I gotta get back to my fighting weight. He got back to his fat weight. Yeah, I, it's been it's actually made me a lot better because most of the time I'm camouflaging, right? I'm mostly putting a wig on and throwing stuff on my face. Yeah, and it helps me to to look thinner. And people are like you worried about not being as funny. I, one of the reasons this is this is the, how pathetic I am. One of the reasons that I want to lose weight. Well, one reason was so I could see my kids grow up. That was just an idea. You know, I thought I'm going to try and get healthier for this and not die. Yeah. But the other one was that, uh, like on Twitter, so people wouldn't say you suck and you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just get more. You suck. <laughs> you so, don't. You get Twitter haters. Oh, all the time. Why? Yeah, because everything you do, somebody's going to hate it, which I understand. But I, I'd rather have a joke about why I suck. I mean, that's that's the thing. People just say they just they just want you to die. I just don't get that. Uh, just, I've never wanted to send somebody something to tell them. And now, of course, calling your show. Now I'm just going to get all your yeah, yeah, yeah. calling me. But I, I almost invite that sometimes. Like, tell me how sucky I am. Uh, I don't care. On Twitter, especially, it doesn't bother me. Like, if. If um, some one of your contemporaries, one of your colleagues said something to you or like say Keith Oberman, somebody who's active on Twitter, uh, attacked you, then I would I would kind of feel bad. Yeah, but mostly honestly, that's, that's the t that's the stuff nowadays. 
like I just there's a thing you can do on Twitter. It's mute, so the person doesn't even know. It's like blocking them, but it's not blocking them. Right. So they don't. They, their stuff doesn't show up, so I just mute them and don't answer back anymore. Oh, block. I, I don't even, commit I don't, to it. You got to block them. I like to block them, and I wish that no, I could say. They think they've won. Oh no. No, and I don't see. I don't. I don't even really. I don't want to make it sound like I really care about that because I used to when I would get that stuff and I would get upset because the good things you get and when I would get something good, I'd be like, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm. <laughs> and then when they get something bad, they're like, oh, oh I want to. And I'd say something mean back to them, and I'd be like, well, now I'm the bad guy because then they're tweeting it to everybody. Look how look how sensitive Frank Kelly is. I'm like, <laughs> have a joke about me. Just say I suck. Why? Fill in the blank. Don't just say I want to kill your kids. Oh, I know that. My life. I love the way you just out of the whole thing. You want to lose weight so that they have to take the fat insult out of your tw- out <laughs> right? of the tweets. I just want to suck. I just yeah. want to suck. Yeah. I don't want to be fat. <laughs> uh, I think it makes it easier for them, and I'm happy to provide the fatness for them to to go after. Uh, my favorite is for, I I I love Twitter. And I don't have a problem blocking anybody. Uh, and you saw yesterday, as soon as I tweeted that you were going to be on the show, the uh, idiots immediately began tweeting you about what a, how much of a dick I am. I love that stuff. I don't yeah. care. But uh, it's become it's become f- like a fun thing now to me. So I embrace it, Frank. Embr- own it. Yeah, My favorite you know, is the but- photoshops. You don't get photoshopped, do you? Um, not until today, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, I save mine. I got a whole gallery of. No, I find you know what I honestly find a lot of this stuff. Sometimes people will say funny, mean things, and I'm like, that's pretty good, dude. Yeah. I'll actually, I'll actually tweet them back like you that, you know, you're right, <laughs> one, and that's funny. So uh, I don't mind that. It's that's part of it. And if I'm gonna make fun of people, people can make fun of me. I don't. I don't care about that. It's just the angry for no reason uh, the tweets that that just drive me nuts. What if you found out there is a reason? What if somebody is like. <laughs> After a while, you'd be like, what's your problem, dude? And you're like, remember in fourth grade, Frank? They're still angry about something after all these years. That I was too quiet? Yeah. <laughs> you did not just... You broke my leg. You stole one of my Legos. I was missing a special part. I needed it to finish the Galaxy Tron. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Make sure you go see Frank Caliendo on the 16th of April. Uh, he will be there along with John Gruden, John Madden, uh, Morgan Freeman. What's the newest? We got a, What's the newest one? Uh... Have I done the Robert Downey Jr. and Liam Neeson stuff for you at all? No. Because Robert Downey Jr. is like a human Twitter feed. It's the, it's the, that's the take on him I have. It's, right. Since Iron Man and Tony Stark, he talks in 140 characters or less, <laughs> and everything's about him. So he could be giving out an Academy Award, be like, these people deserve your applause almost as much as I do. Hashtag awesome. <laughs> that is great. And it's, it's like, uh, and the Liam Neeson thing is all based on Taken, which I think everybody's doing now, but it's it's uh, when you're so well known in a movie part, that's the way you start to think of people. Uh, and um, if I were, if you were a telemarketer and you called Liam Neeson's house, I would use that if I were Liam Neeson. There's no way I don't. They call you up like, Mr. Neeson, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know what you want. If you're looking for me to take a short survey, I can tell you this, I don't have the time. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. And if you don't hang up right now, I will find you. I will hunt you down. And and that's when the caller realized they should have called Morgan. <laughs> do you ever answer your phone? Do you ever mess with those people? 
No, because I don't answer my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that I live for that, though, is that when I walk my house phone, I don't even know the number. The other day, I guessed at the number, and I got it right, and I was so excited. Um, if I walk by and I, it's ringing, I grab it with excitement, but I don't have the the ability that you do i have one impression and it's the same it's not even an impression it's just a voice and i do it every time and i go hello that's it that's all i got you know what's funny is we do the same thing my kids do that now yeah when telemarketers call my son will go <laughs> and they're like you could just see hear them getting mad and he goes and like can you give your parents the phone i give my parents the phone <laughs> <laughs> the the one time that I grabbed the phone recently and I was like, hello. And they're like, hello, uh, Mr. Calton. I go, he's not here right now. I'm cleaning. Like, like, I'm just being over the top. And they were like, okay, this is his son's school calling. And I go, oh, oh, it's me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just oh, never man. answer this phone. I don't know what's happening. And then they're like, your father's dumb. We had the same thing. The neighbor called about something going on outside and the kids are doing that. <laughs> And then they call my cell phone. They're like, yeah, we think Joey's answering your phone. We're like, yeah, you thought you were a telemarketer. Don't you guys do that? <laughs> we, I wanna... we time it. My wife actually times. Like, they've had telemarketers on the phone for seven and a half minutes. Yeah. Oh, a... I, I heard my wife had a... Uh... Her, I think it was her parents were over, and I'm in the other room, and I'm like, so what you call for? And I hear my father-in-law go, what is he doing? My wife's like, must be a telemarketer. Like, she's just used to hearing it now. It's fun. I love to hear people in their telemarketing games. Uh, I used to be. I wasn't. Well, I did it. When I first moved to Florida, I was a telemarketer. I had to call people and uh, try to get them to get a clean and tune on their central heating and air conditioning. And then years after that, I, which, which is where I nailed my radio voice down, I had a call and I had to verify. I wasn't selling anything, but I had to verify an order that was placed the night before to make sure that the salespeople weren't BSing us and just charging these people's credit cards. So I would call and read this, read this long-ass script to the people, and at that point is when I kind of honed in my deep, my deep radio voice. You know, I was just thinking maybe maybe that could have been my second calling. If this if ever fails completely for me, the comedy thing, maybe I go back to telemarketing and I use the voices because you can't really use them to sell stuff right. like on the air. Um, but maybe I could call up and like, well, when's the last time you got a newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> USA Today is available at your doorstep every single day of the week, Monday through Friday. I, I wonder if that... I mean, That'd be brilliant, or you could just go, you could do a voice and then go, please hold and talk to me. Like, if I answered the phone and I was like, hello, and all of a sudden John Madden was like, hey, it's John Madden. I go, oh, hey. Hey, how you doing? Hey, are you that little, uh, are you that little cleaning lady? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be into it, and they'd go, hold on for... Uh, for Steve, he's going to tell you about a special we have. And then I'd have no choice but to listen to Steve because John Madden asked me to. Yeah, boom. Hey, <laughs> here you go. Hello. <laughs> Steve, with a, Steve with a good pitch for you. You know, I know you don't want to do this, but you have to make prank phone calls to John Madden after he dies. Oh, jeez. My- you know, I've done that before. I called the Bunny Ranch as John Madden once years ago. <laughs> right. And, uh, hey, you got bus parking? <laughs> <laughs> like a big, my friend Al and I are, are just looking for something to do. And, I, mean, I mean, we like the ladies. I mean, we like them. <laughs> Did they buy it? Yeah, they were going for it with a, for a while. They, they, they're like, uh, yeah, we know who we know who you are. I was like, mm. yeah, yeah. So, please don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I had a um, an uncle who was mean to me when I was a kid, my Uncle Leo. 
And when what, what did he do? Why are you wearing that half shirt? No, he <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't mean. He was a realist. No, he was mean to me. He was my great grandfather's brother, and he didn't like me. We only saw him like maybe twice a year. And one year when I was like ten years old, he came over and he brought my brother a gift. He bought my brother a bank, a ceramic bank. It was like a tree trunk with birds on it. And he handed it to him. And as he handed it to him, he looked at me and he goes, "Good, good kids get gifts." I don't know what I did when I was, it made me bad. And I was such what a good kid. That? Yeah, but it scarred me for life. So years later, when I had a radio show, I found him and I tried to call him and ask him why he was so mean to me. And at this point, he's 90-something years old, and he's kind of senile, and he can't hear, and it just became a lot of screaming at each other. So I called him every day until he died, which gave me enough audio to make an Uncle Leo soundboard. And then I began calling my relatives as Uncle Leo, and then he eventually died. And uh, I thought, now is the time to bring Uncle Leo back sure. and have them call uh, because my older relatives won't understand it's just easy soundboard technology. They'll just I, assume I it's heaven. You <laughs> kind of proved Uncle Leo correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was a good kid up until that point. Until he, he changed you. He's the turn. He's the. Uh, he was. He was what man? I was f such a good kid. My brother was the dick. My brother was the bad one. And when he, I'll never forget when he gave my brother that bank. My brother laughed his ass off. He looked at me and he laughed because <laughs> Uncle Leo called me a bad kid. And then he laughed because he just got a ceramic tree trunk bird bank. Yeah. Like that was supposed to break my heart. So uh, it was a very pivotal moment in my life. You're tough. That's that's why you you persevered and yeah. you uh, you moved on. Tortured him when he was a senior citizen. Yeah, way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you got to feel real good about what you've done. Oh, but just like a miserable prick. Once we had a good bit going, he went and died. He ruined the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> whole thing. Frank Caliendo will be here April 16th. Ruth Eckert Hall. Get tickets at RuthEckertHall.com. He's a super funny guy. Does great impressions. and He's always a good guest on the show. Frank, I, I appreciate your patience with ISDN line this morning. It's always good to talk to you. I love it. Thanks, man. All right, Paul. We'll see you when you get here. There you go. The great Frank Caliendo. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.